Next, I'd like to introduce. What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? That boy is good. Good and terrible. You hold your breath when Shaquille O'Neal comes careening into your lap. Well, he's going to give a little special greeting to Daniel Baldwin right here. Davis Brothers should have a boxing match against the Baldwin Brothers. Really? We'll take them out in the first round. Who would you take on? I'm, Youngest, I'm medium? I'm take on all three of them, actually. I, now that I really think, yeah, I wouldn't need any help. I think you two dudes are going to become real homies. Where do we find these guys? Oh, man, I hate those guys. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey! Wow. Trying to come up with the new screech. Robin hates the screech. I know. Robin. Hey, everybody. Robin is oh. here live with us today with Larry. We love And Josh, 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 what do you got? I've got us on Facebook Live. We're back on Facebook Live. Go to Facebook.com slash ESPN Syracuse to stare at all four of us and the very unenthusiastic faces that Larry Joe Salzone makes. Of course, uh, if you miss any of the Daniel Baldwin show, you can get it on ESPN Syracuse iTunes and Google Play. Receive updates of all the shows right there. So I got to tell you, Robin comes into the show today because an interesting thing has occurred. There's a This is a transitional period in my home right now. Mm-hmm. A, you know, taking care of this big 200-year-old house. Uh, my children are now living with me full-time uh, under emergent care order uh, because of some problems they were having at home. Um, so the, lots of things going on. And now I take on this job. Back in sports, doing radio, uh, learning a lot of things from both of you guys and other people here, you mm. know, about the do's and do nots. Mostly stop saying that, stop doing this, stop doing that. Um, you know, and that's stuff. the most fun stuff, though. It is. I, I've been to the principal's office a few times with the great one, Ed Levine, uh, who, who, again, is he, is he Skylab bound? Where is he now? Uh, I think, uh, uh, him and the, um, uh, I don't even know who, who he'd be meeting with. I believe it is in an undisclosed location. He is, uh, he might be in Florida. I don't know. He's like the Freemason, some one of those crazy organizations, isn't he? He's doing his thing, yeah, why? Isn't he? I mean, he's just huge. He's mm-hmm. huge. He's hard to track down. I can't get him on the phone. I get an occasional text. Well, I mean, I don't think I've ever had him on the phone one-on-one. All these years, one-on-one, never on the phone? Maybe like once or twice if he has an idea, and then, I, then we get to talk to each other, but... What's up? I always, uh, my sphincter always tightens up when I see him calling me, so yeah, I, I go, bet. oh, boy. Yeah. Mm, what did I do? Again. Here we go. Here we go. Back call to the call Larry. lines. Here mm-hmm. comes Eeyore. Mm-hmm. It's the most interesting sports show ever. Yes. So so I bring Robin in because, uh, you know, we've, we've suddenly going to, we're going to more and more athletic events, particularly Syracuse stuff, you know, at the university, at the Dome, you know, and so. Robin, I want you to share, and we're and she doesn't have any idea what we're going to talk about today. Mm, I just okay. told her she needed to come in. So, uh, and there's the element that we're on camera now. We would like some eye candy to come yeah, in here, correct, yeah, Robin? I told, I told her switch candy. gear, switch the outfit, switch the outfit. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> as, listen, as his husband, as listen, your husband, listen. What sells? Well, listen. I decided after you guys were talking about this new restaurant you were going to open called the Bulge. That yeah, Bulge I Cafe. needed to come back in and be on the radio. Club Bulge? Yeah, control you guys with the Bulge. Oh, right. You're going to control my Bulge? Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't say I was going to control Well, love con- that. actually. Wow. Now that you say that. Can we the show now? Yeah. We're, We're done. It's over. it's over. Yeah. Okay, so you have... You, you you're have, halfway there, Daniel. You have notes. Where you, did where you, you see going? what I sent you, by the way, the text? What? With the, uh, the Wild and Crazy Guys? Wild and crazy. Yes, I did. Jesus, I did. Oh, bulges. No, bulges. Yeah, exactly. I tracked it down. So what is going to the games like for you? As a woman who's not 
you know, way into sports by any means. What is going to the games for you? What's 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 the charge for you? What, what what's the turn on? What is it all about, Robin? Well, I have fans. Yeah, she does. <laughs> I do. What's amazing I, is that Daniel, who is the name on the show, gets more, fewer shout-outs than the lovely Robin and the extremely ugly Larry. Yeah, and I, just, I haven't gotten a shout-out. <laughs> they skip right past you. Yeah, they skip right no, past I you. I had to listen to, and you know, for over the years, Robin has said, well, it's really funny if I walk a few steps behind you, because mm-hmm. you'll hear, you know, that's, that's Baldwin, that's Baldwin. Yeah, right. God, Alex put on weight. Oh, no. You know, or, oh, yeah. oh, you know, or whatever it is. And then every once in a while, you actually hear, hey, that's Daniel Baldwin. So, Robin, if you're a couple steps by, the person usually waits till they're by you because they don't want you to hear that. And then Robin picks it up. So now I'm at the game, and this guy goes, dude, dude, that's Baldwin. That's Baldwin. And I kind of catch it because it's about dead even with me as I'm going by him. And next thing you know, the guy goes, that must be Robin. Robin! Yeah. They all start yelling to Robin. And I did the princess wave. Hi, hi. Gotta make you feel good here. Well, I thought that maybe I knew them, and then I said to Daniel, I go, do, I, do we know those guys? And he said, those are your fans. Yeah, those are your fans. <laughs> I, was, I was so excited. I had to tell everybody. Yeah, you I told, I told our eight and nine-year-old, I have fans. Absolutely. So at, so, so, so at the game, you're at the game. We're there. We're with the great one. We're in his, in his, in his box. We go down to the seats, wherever we're at. What's it like for you now, as a woman, to be going to all these athletic events? Well, I love basketball. Um, I also found out that if I pick players that I can follow, it makes the games even more fun. So, so and, then, and now I want to start race. screaming yeah. and I want to start yelling at them. And I'm wondering, can I do that? Is is Ed going to look at me like, okay, can, you need to calm your calm yourself down or mm. can I get up and I can I can go go battle yes! well there there's there are rules to the seats that the great one has oh no you do not told me rules. stand you don't stand no you're not allowed to stand down there now everywhere else in the dome you can stand and you celebrate and you cheer but down on those seats you are expected to sit that's funny because I stood did you? Well, I wait, did. Wait, I stood. Wait, I should showing stood. off my bulges. Oh, right on camera. <laughs> I was right on camera. Was bulge high. <laughs> I'm. I. I am not at uh, Baldwin Lully yet. I am told to stay seated and please don't move and don't huh, make don't make a scene. Oh, well. Maybe he's not as impressed with your bulge. No. Well, maybe I have a very. That could be a great. Now, now, if Larry was sitting oh, there. Oh my goodness! Are you kidding me? They'd have to. Oh, Larry. <laughs> well, I didn't get any of the rules, so I, I don't know anything to follow. I'm just doing what I but want. But otherwise, to do. that's that's a natural reaction to just to celebrate and cheer and get excited <laughs> and say, "Yay! I am a the kind of sporting event." I don't know. Is that what you? Well, I, no, she's, I she's actually. I actually am, I'm understanding the game. I'm getting it. Mm-hmm. I think I'm getting it. I tell mm-hmm. Daniel sometimes, "Hey, did you see that? Did you see that's traveling? Oh, did you see that?" Oh, you didn't know the, oh, the, the calls. She's calling violations. Yeah. Uh, traveling. Oh, yeah. But she picked up two the players. Refs. She's got. Battle and Beset. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very intrigued. Why Battle and Beset? Tell, take us one by one. Take us okay, to Battle. At first, at first, I really didn't know um, much about what was going on with the game or the players, but I watched them, and Battle has this intense, fierce look on his face, very driven. He's And then he gets really quick. He's fast. Mm-hmm. And he plays really well with Beset. They, they play together as a, as a team. Well, those two uh, and the rest of the team too. Mm-hmm. But those yeah, guys right, right. really—they do—they they play off of each other great. And then, um, honestly, at first percent, I just liked his hair. That's a—that's an entry level though. I did. I, like, I loved Listen, his hair. Go with it. So there's just for those guys out there that are walking and want to meet really, really good-looking women like my wife. Mm. Do something different with your hair. Now, what was it about Bissette's hair? It was wild and crazy. Was wild and crazy. <laughs> it sticks up, kind of wild. I like it. Wow. <laughs> it got your attention, but I mean, that's how you would 
find anyone in, in, uh, in, in you know in life. You say, oh, I like what they have, and then you kind of start a conversation. Uh, so, so as soon as, and here's the jealous husband sitting there watching. So mm-hmm. she says, uh, I'm going to pick two players. I'm going to follow, and she goes, battle. I like battle, and I like Bissette. Mm-hmm. Those are the two I'm going to follow. I said, really? So at halftime, when the cheerleaders came out, I went, you know, I'm going to follow this blonde one, the one oh, that looks like course. a Russian. And I named her Chetapodwick. So Chetapodwick so, so, so mm-hmm. is, is the one when she comes out. Mm-hmm. I pay careful attention to Chetapodwick when she's out there because, you know, I really feel that I need to bond with her. You had to remember her name, too. I, did. I had a bet with Robin that I would remember by the end of the game. She goes, you're never going to remember that name. I said, yes, I will. And at the end of the game, I said, but I, I actually, we walked by them, and they were down by the van. I went, bye, Chetapodwick! <laughs> bye, Chetapodwick! And the girl kind of looked over with everyone else going, what is he saying? Why is Alec Baldwin yelling at you? Yeah. What are <laughs> you? Yeah. Tell him to go back on a diet. <laughs> Loved you in 30 Rock. <laughs> Why, why is Chubby Alec yelling right. at me? What yeah. happened? Yeah, isn't that Trump? <laughs> <laughs> do you know? Yeah. Do you know? I will Google it right now. For what? You. This is one of the greatest, the greatest compliments that can be paid to him for his Trump. Go ahead and Google this. Ready? Yes. Uh, newspaper misidentifies Alec Baldwin as Trump. I saw that. He's on the cover of some newspaper. I think it's an Israeli in, paper. No, it's not Israeli. It was like Central America or or, or South America. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say it was, I'm going to guess, I'm going to say it was Colombia or Venezuela. I'm going to say Venezuela. It is newspaper in Dominican Republic. All right. Uh, Thank you. Both of us. Thank you, Larry. Damn, I should have stuck with Central America. They, but they put a photo of your brother as Donald Trump. Of my Trump. brother as Donald Trump, claiming that it was Trump. It wasn't done as a, as a spoof. They ran a picture about some decision Trump had made politically mm-hmm. and showed a picture of my brother yeah. Trump. Absolutely. <laughs> That's like the ultimate compliment. It's the ultimate. He's like, Dad, You do it so well, we're going to claim you're him. You're him. Close enough. I love that. It's the Daniel Baldwin Show, ESPN Radio, Syracuse, live on Facebook, and of course, all your normal locations. It's just what I'm. <laughs> well, I don't, what was that? I don't even know what that means. I don't know. We got uh, Big Jerry McNamara coming up in the second. Oh, segment. do we ever? We yes. do. We sat down with the Mac Man, and uh, and he came in hot. Came in hot with Kansas information. We love talking uh, to him. You know, I do love talking to him. Yeah, I gotta remember, I'm a fan. Yeah. So it's weird for me as an actor because the same thing happens every time. I usually get to know players at, at the professional level through these golf tournaments that I play in. Yeah. And that means they're probably retired or they're sure. hosting the event. So back in the day when Michael Jordan played, I showed up at his event many, many years in a row and Michael was still playing. But now I get to spend time with Michael because he's playing in these events. So the funny thing that has occurred is... We all want to be them when they're playing, mm-hmm. and they all want to be us when they get done playing. Really? Because as soon as they get done playing, there's no more basketball, there's no more football, there's no more baseball to play, and every one of them wants to be an actor. Right. And you don't realize how much they know, even obscure movies that you've done, because when they're traveling so many games and they're on the road in hotels, they are watching movie after movie after Absolutely. movie. Absolutely. Because they got to be in their room, and then they can't, they can't go out and party and do stuff. Well, they, you know, if you're going... Uh, Jordan's playing in Utah. He's there the night before and then the night of the game and then they get on the plane the next morning. Those two nights, he watches six movies. Yeah. Dino Babers was one of those guys. He knew every movie. Totally. Totally. He's a movie buff. He knows for sure. Because they fill time. I asked asked, uh, uh, Beheim that question once. I asked what he watches. What did he say? I don't watch anything. That was it. He watched anything? I got nothing. I I go, say you're on the plane. Like I think he had to fly to Hawaii for some tournament or something. And I go, well, what do you you watch? Do you bring like an iPad and watch something? He goes... Yeah, I don't, I don't really watch anything. 
Nothing. All right, thank you. Thank you very much. Wow, coach. that interview went down. I appreciate it. <laughs> what was the rest of it if you're done? Uh, I think he moved on to something else. It was uh, one of those press conference things. Yeah, he, he he's an interesting guy. When you talk, if you talk to him without a microphone or that, yeah. he's he's much more fun to talk. I think to, he talk likes to. to talk more about other things than basketball. I think so too. I've I've played full rounds of golf with him before. Uh, and it, we, I don't think we talk much about basketball at all. Yeah, I think that he's, he's, it's his life. He's so. a very interesting guy, actually. Yeah. But uh, as soon as you do that, he goes right into that kind of, we're going to play a two, three, two, you know, <laughs> two, three zone. We're gonna, you know, mm-hmm. He just goes into the same kind of mode. It's a mode for him. Well, uh, we've got a lot to get to here on today's Daniel Baldwin Show, so uh, we will come right back. Of course, here's the information you need. Phones are open for ESPN 44. That is 43776. 44, of course, text line 288-0644 and Twitter at ESPN Syracuse. We will be back. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. You are listening to ESPN Radio Syracuse. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Joining us now on the phone, the assistant coach to your Syracuse men's basketball team, Jerry McNamara. Mac Daddy, make you jump, jump. <laughs> What's up, brother? How What's we doing, up, Mac? Your buddy Pauly just came in here to remind us that uh, you're coming up against Kansas this weekend, and that's got to have a special place in your heart. He was there when you guys beat him for the national championship. Yeah, thanks for reminding me that. You know, I need that reminder going into playing the team like this. Yeah, these guys are. You know, they're they're. You know, I've seen a lot of the, the teams this year. I think these guys are are probably the best team that I've watched. Yeah, what makes them so great then, Jerry? What, what what would make you say that? Well, I think it's a little different. You know, I, you know, typically a Kansas Bill self-coached team is going to be two, you know, two big guys, multiple big guys. I think, you know, with the absence of of Billy Preston, um, you know, going through some some issues as far as uh, you know, I don't want to get into the NCAA things, but he's not on the court, you know, and I think what that forced them to do was play four guards in the starting lineup and you know, it's really worked in their favor. And when when you look at they're shooting 45% as a team from the three and you know, it's amazing. You know, everybody puts a number on that 50%. You know, if, if you shoot 50% from the field, you're incredibly efficient. And when you talk about their guard play, every single one of their guards is shooting 50% except one. And the guy that's not happens to be one of the front runners for National Player of the Year in Devontae Graham. And it's coming off scoring 35 points and five assists and five rebounds against against. Toledo. You know, I think the one thing that Graham hadn't done this year was break out offensively. What he has done, you know, for a good stretch of the early part of the season, he was leading the country in assists. And, uh, you know, he finally broke out, you know, not for our sake, but, you know, for their sake, he broke out offensively against Toledo, going for 35 and five for eight from the three. You know, he was previously only eight for 28 from the three point line. And, you know, I had it. I, you know, I have this scout, so I had already had it down to our guys. Like, don't let these numbers fool you. He was a forty percent three point shooter last year, and you know he certainly proved it last game. But I think, you know, when when you talk about the teams that we played, and they've, you know, we're all part of the same same tournament. You know, with Texas Southern, Oakland, and Toledo. You know, we thought a twenty four point victory against Oakland was really good. You know, while we played well, and they go and drop them by, you know, I think it was forty three, and then they play Toledo, and I think they beat them by you know, 42 or whatever it was. So, you know, they've beaten some really good teams by big numbers, and I've watched all these games. And, you know, the one thing they've done a great job of early, and I know all these games are at Fog Allen where they play great. They don't lose there. Uh, but one thing they've done a really good job early is taking teams out of their offense and overplaying and being aggressive and turning their defense into their offense. They're so good in the open court, and when they're shooting so effectively from the three-point line, 
you know, not just that the fact that they're shooting so efficiently from the perimeter, it's the fact that all four of them can also handle and go off the bounce and make plays for themselves. And, you know, when they're getting out in transition off of their defensive uh, aggression, you know, they're creating opportunities in the open court that teams just can't compete with. So um, these guys are lethal in the open court. They can turn it on you in a hurry. And if they're shooting it at a high level like they've been, they're very, very difficult to beat. Well, some of the things that I noticed in watching the Maryland game, which I was really happy to see, uh, certainly Syracuse proved that they can rebound by committee, that without the presence of a you know a game-long dominant big man in the paint, which stereotypical, like you said, usually you've got twin towers coming at you at Kansas traditionally yeah. over the years. You know, so they decided to spread this thing out because they've got a guy who's out, and they've gone to this four-guard, which is very different than stereotypical – KU basketball. But what it I is. liked about, about SU was they did rebound by committee. Um, uh, also, you know, you create yourself opportunities by driving to the basket. Now that we're not driving into traffic that's really, really congested with big men, which is what you'd probably be up against on a, on a normal Kansas program, you know, we can get to the foul line and we can create some matchup problems in the second half. We can get them into foul trouble. So I think going to the basket in this game is going to be important. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I, th- I, I think the ones and, – and, and if we're going to shoot three for 18 we <laughs> from the three-point line, we better get to the basket, you know, and that's what we shot the last game. But Yeah, 16.7% threes. That was not good. Not very good. Not very efficient. So, you know, I, I think the one thing, the guy that we haven't talked about for them, the one big guy that they do have is an absolute monster, Yudoka Yazubuke. And, you know, the one thing we need to do – against these guys you got to elevate him a little bit because he is really effective around the rim changing altering shots blocking shots but rebounding as well and um you know the 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 really you know productive area we've we've consistently been in this year is something that you know historically we've struggled in when you play zone you're a little bit more vulnerable to rebounds um you know but but daniel i do agree with you i mean we've done it by committee even matthew moyer who hasn't found you know, the consistent minutes on the court that he would like to see. He's proven when he's on the court he can rebound. O'Shea's proven he can rebound. The two-headed monster and Pascal and Brahma can rebound. Marek's come in and rebound. We've been better from the guard position in that area this year than we have in the past. So, you know, it's going to take all five of our guys from every position to rebound the basketball, especially if you're going to face a team that's scoring 42% of their offense from the three-point line right now. Not that they're incapable of getting to the basket, which they you know, are more than capable, you know, but they've been so effective. You know you're going to force shots against the zone, and uh, you know, we're going to have to have all five guys on the perimeter rebounding. But you know, one of the things, these guys are pounding people. They're pounding people on the glass. They're plus nine. Um, but so was Maryland. Maryland was a really good rebounding team. And the one thing we were able to do was we were able to out-rebound them. We were plus six. You know, but the biggest number of all those rebounding numbers were the 19 offensive rebounds we had. And, yeah, for sure. You know, these guys do such a great job of, of taking you out of your stuff and being aggressive and playing passing lanes. Well, maybe if you are on the weak side, you can create an advantage. Or if you do elevate as a bouquet on the perimeter and pick-and-roll game, we'll have an advantage at one of these other areas, whether it be Makai look on O'Shea Brissett or, you know, a Malik Newman on a Matthew Moyer. Can we, can we manufacture offense from the offensive glass? I think that's an area that, you know, when you play a team like this, um, you know, you want to try to capitalize on if they're for, playing four guards. Now, the, the only downside to that, if you go for it and you send three guys to the offensive glass and you don't get it, it's like we just talked about. These guys are more than capable that if we don't get it and they get the rebound and they're going out with, 
you know, numbers in transition on a plus side where they're three on two or four on three. Uh, that's where these guys are, are, are really, really difficult to stop. On the phone, Syracuse assistant coach Jerry McNamara. One of the things that I noticed was, you know, and I guess it's easy when you're sitting in the stands, you know, and you're watching the game. But, you know, how we didn't – we lost track of Hoida uh, from from Maryland, you know, after he – I think he was, you know, like seven for nine from three-point range. But particularly yeah. near the end of the game – I mean, I think everybody and his brother expected this kid to shoot the ball, and somehow he's wide open for a three and, and, and draws the game close again with seven seconds left. Is that a concern for you, that you lost track of this guy during that game sometimes? Well, it's a concern if it comes from your breakdown. I, I, you know, when you go back and look, um, Kevin hit some really, really deep shots, and, and, and things change. I mean, that's the reality of it. Is things change by personnel, and, and one thing we've always been able to do in our defense, you know, whether it's man or zone, you're always going to adapt to who you're playing, your opponent. And, you know, he hit some shots from the top of the key in the second half that were, you know, six, seven, eight feet behind the line. The last one he hit to cut it back to one was abs- was absurd. You know, the guy's got an absolute stroke, and um, you know the 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 one of all the of all the there's two shots of all the ones that he hit that really concerned me. Uh, one was off a breakdown in the first half where we lost him in the corner, and it was off a high post touch. And then the one in transition that gave them the lead, where they pushed pace in transition, it pushed all five of our guys into the paint, and then they hit him trailing three point line. That's the one we're not going to be able to afford to give up to these guys. And uh, the one in the corner in the first half is correctable. The ones in the second half, you know, they're correctable, but you know, this guy was shooting at a different, you know, he, he was shooting from, from Fayetteville, you know. I mean, the guy was, was incredible the other night. Really, really great individual performance. But, again, that goes back to, you know, things change as the game develops and you have to be able to adapt. And uh, the one in transition is the one that really scares me with these guys. If you allow them to push pace and touch the perimeter, I'm sorry, touch the paint, uh, they're going to have opportunities to kick out to the perimeter. And, you know, the one thing is that we talked about yesterday at length, and especially in my group with the guards, is when they get a post-touch and they kick it back out to the perimeter, it's going to be crucial for us to, when we close out, you know, I've always said to my guys, if I ask any one of them, you know, what's the most difficult thing in basketball to do, they'll all say close out, because I really believe that. I think it's the hardest thing to do is close out on a good basketball player. And if if we're in situations where we have to close out on these guys, we better do a really good job of keeping people in front because if you close out and you get beat by that guy and the next guy's forced to help, they're going to keep you on the run. And uh, if you watch some of these good NBA teams like the Spurs, the one thing they always do is if they get you on the move, they keep you on the move. And, um, you know, these guys, you know, in transition, we're not going to be able to lose them. And if we do and we're forced to close gap, we have to close back, close gap effectively and keep these guys in front of us. Mac, we are really, really hopeful that if we can even draw, even with them on the boards, win the turnover battle, and shoot a little bit better from three-point range. We're going to be in this game, Mac, and we're praying for you, buddy. You know we love you here, and uh, and we'll be watching the game on the edge of our seat. Best of luck yeah, with guys, Candace. Listen, I'll, I'll say one thing. I think the one thing about this team we have is, is uh, you know, I think they've proven early that they're willing to scrap and fight and get on the deck. And, um, you know, we're hoping that, that, that those 50-50 balls and the things like that that make a difference at the end of this thing is, is hopefully where we're at. We're getting on the floor, making plays where our zone is active, and, creating deflections, maybe a few turnovers, staying even on the glass. Make Hope to God, knock on wood, you make a few more threes. And, uh, you know, we know our guys are going to go down there and fight for it. Jerry McNamara, thank you so much for your time, brother. Thanks, All right, guys. 
Terry McNamara joining us here on the Daniel Baldwin Show, as always, brought to you by Drivers Village and Burdick BMW. We will come back. We will talk Eli Manning here on ESPN Radio. We need to talk about him. Syracuse. Brent Axe 4 to 6, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now, and we're back. And as we promised, we are going to be talking about the benching. The benching of Eli Manning in the, Eli Manning in the news. Philip Rivers blasts this decision. Larry? Yeah, I hadn't got to reach out yet. Uh, I, I honestly thought it was pathetic, really. I, I, I uh, you know, a guy, you know, he's, he's, he's been out there 210 straight games with no telling how many bumps and bruises and injuries for his team. Won two Super Bowls, uh, MVPs, um, you know, uh, the respect he's had in the locker room over the years, really the respect he's gained throughout the league. Um, you just you, you feel like the guys earned the opportunity if they are deciding, in fact, to to go another direction. You feel like he's earned um, the opportunity to finish it off, uh, finish off these last five weeks. Obviously, I know they hadn't had the season they want, but shoot, they've had a lot of the guys hurt. So, I, uh, I I just thought it was too bad the way it was handled. And then certainly, you know, uh, Eli as a as a uh, you know I, I, we're not close buddies, but as a friend, as a fellow quarterback. Um, you know, it was tough to watch him yesterday. You, you can only imagine how he felt. But he handled it like a pro, like he, like he's handled everything. But uh, I just you, you hate to see him not get to – you feel like he's earned that. He's earned that to be able to go out there these last five weeks. You know what? He, he, he has earned it. He's earned it. You know, when you're, when you're a member of that club, that few guys that call themselves the starting quarterback for a team, he's won – now, catch what River said. This is very important to know. Not only has he won – two Super Bowls. He's won the MVP in the game of the two Super Bowls that he's won. He has been the quarterback for over a decade of the New York Giants. And no, they are not playing well, and he has not played as well as he normally does. But you certainly cannot hold him responsible for the losses, all of them by any means, uh, and his play, therefore, either, because the team has not played well in on defense or on offense. They've dropped a lot of balls that Eli's thrown this year. Um, so, you know, and he's had less time to throw than he's ever had in his entire career. So to throw him to the to the Sharks right now and not let him finish this out, which, you know, if it is not in their plans that Eli Manning is the quarterback next year, um, okay, you know, then, then that's enough to see him in another uniform as a New York Giant fan um, would be jarring enough. And I've brought it up before how weird it was to see Montana when he played for Kansas City after his long and illustrious career in San Francisco, or Joe Namath for that matter, when I was a child and I followed football quite a bit. And he delivers for the New York Jets in Super Bowl three, and then turns around and ends up quarterbacking for the L.A. Rams, you know. And so th- th- that was that was very strange to see to see Manning quarterback for another team or back somebody up in the twilight of his career would be odd. But he has absolutely, in my opinion, earned the right to finish out this season. That's his team. He has led them to the epitome of all there is in football multiple times. I think shame on the New York Giants and this guy McAdoo. And remember my prediction. This guy McAdoo is history. When they when they finish this season, they are going to fire this head coach. He's gone. If you go to ESPN Syracuse on uh, Facebook, we have an image up there of a billboard that's off the New Jersey Turnpike right now that says, Big Blue, shame on you. Someone yeah. has paid to have that up there to 
call out McAdoo and what he's done. And, and Rivers brings up a very good point, too. Think of all the times that this guy got out of bed and just was hammered the day before from being hit by mm-hmm. gigantic athletes running at full speed. And he showed up to work, and he did what he had to do, and he sucked it up. Two hundred, And the ir- irony of this coming from Philip Rivers, remember that when Eli was drafted out of college into the league, he was drafted by San Diego and said, I don't want to play in San Diego. Rivers was drafted by the Giants, and they traded picks because Eli didn't want to play there. So Rivers also who took longer to become a starter, has 187 consecutive starts, the second most of active quarterbacks, and the fourth all-time. Eli is third all-time, I believe, behind uh, Elway, Marino, or he might be fourth all-time, and and Rivers is fifth. But the point is, right now, Rivers becomes the number one most starts of active uh, NFL quarterbacks by the benching of Eli. And even after all that, Philip Rivers understands the process and understands what it takes to start in 210 consecutive games, win two Super Bowls, win two MVPs. And so what does Rivers do? He does the right thing. He steps in front of a microphone and says, shame on them. This is terrible. What a terrible travesty to have done to a guy who's dedicated a lot of, sacrificed a lot of things in his life for his family, his kids. You don't think his kids wanted him home more often when he's traveling on the road and playing these games and then comes home and can barely walk on a Monday morning. Yeah, that's a terrible thing. I may not watch a giant game again. I may boycott. I don't think you're alone. I asked this on my social media last night, and I'll ask uh, Daniel Baldwin Show listeners right now if you want to text in 2880644. Is there anything Geno Smith can do this weekend? To make Giants fans happy. Well, and here here comes the, the real true irony behind it, is who cares what Gino can do? Mm-hmm. Who cares? It's behind Gino that we need to figure out what can happen. Yeah. You know, so they've drafted a kid who's his first year in the league. We, he, has, he has never taken a snap as a professional yet. So are we not going to take a look at what he can do to determine whether Geno's the answer? So what are they going to do? They're going to play a guy already that they know is not better than Eli Manning. He's not better right now than Eli Manning, and neither is the Frosh. So why would you not let Eli, the season's gone, why wouldn't you let Eli start and then bring this kid in or bring Geno in after Eli so you don't break up his record, you, you let him go out with some class. Obviously, he's not in their plans if you're going to bench somebody who's, a, who's a, a shoo-in to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's a shoo-in to be in the Hall. A lot of, pe- a lot of people are, are uh, uh, sharing your sentiments exactly. Listen... There's a great story I'll tell you. Uh, Conrad Goody, who was an offensive lineman um, for uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and later on for the Giants, the University of Missouri, standout offensive lineman, great player, great guy, Conrad. And uh, he was with Vinny Testaverde, and Vinny came out of University of Miami. He goes uh, to Tampa Bay, and they're, they're, they're laughing at the Heisman Trophy winner. They're laughing at him saying he's terrible, what a waste, what a washout it's going to be. And Vinny goes into old man Culverhouse's, Hugh Culverhouse, when he owned the team and he was still alive, and he says, you know, they're laughing at me right now. I mean, are you not going to draft some offensive linemen? Right now, the, the current average for a quarterback is you know 4.1 seconds, and I have less than three seconds to throw the ball. Are you going to put some talent around me so I have the chance to succeed? You know what Culverhouse said to him? Hmm. Vinny, we're the only show in town, Vinny, and we pack the stadium every single Sunday. Why would I spend more money when I pack the stadium? If they stop coming and I have to spend more money to bring them here, then I'll do it. Who would spend more money when I'm making the maximum amount of money I can make right now spending what I'm spending? And Testaverde walked out in tears. 
He was in tears saying to himself, my God, I'm never going to succeed here. He's never going to support that. He didn't care if he won. Mm-hmm. It was a business. Yeah. So it, I can see what he, if they're going to buy the car for this amount of dollars, why would I do anything to improve the car? It's going to cost me more money and set the margin up for less money profit for me. Mm-hmm. And so from a business standpoint, he wasn't going to do anything. But you know what's going to happen in New York? New York's going to turn around. They're going to say, get rid of this coach. This guy just signed his death warrant in New York. Because if they're not going to come, and the, the whole NFL is in trouble. The NFL is in trouble over this kneeling issue. We've talked about it mm-hmm. before. And you know what? They're in trouble. Attendance is down. Television is down. They're, they're, you know, this is a problem. This is a big problem for them. And the Giants did not need them to do this from a PR standpoint. I say it backfires and they fire. They may fire McAdoo before the season's over. By the same principle of what McAdoo is doing with, El, with, with uh, Manning, mm-hmm. I say the front office should do it now. Fire McAdoo now. Bring in a coach that has a couple of games experience under his belt before we start the next season. Let him get some repetitions. Let him get some practices. The same thing they're saying about, about these young quarterbacks behind Manning, you should do with the coach. Get rid of this guy. He's a bum. Dump them. I think that this might have a better effect on Eli Manning's career than if he had finished the season. Dino Babers goes to the Giants. Wow. Wow. Dino Babers goes to the Giants. Can you see it? Can you, Can you see, see the headline? I, I, I believe it. I'm not believing it either. Because <laughs> now I think Eli Manning's going to be a hotter commodity than he, if he had finished the season and just stunk the rest of the season. Nobody's going to want him. Well, now he's got... Some glow to him. Well, well, one thing for well, he he had he he walked on water in New York. Come yeah, on, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy took two teams. You know, the funny thing about him is is that when you look at Phil Simms, who also won two Super Bowls, I don't know that Phil Simms is a lock to go into the Hall. He's eligible and hasn't gone in yet. I don't believe he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, and, and, and and yet he also won two, and I think he won the MVP once. No, uh, uh, Jeff Hostetler won it in relief of Sims. That's probably why he's not going to get in, because he didn't quarterback the second Super Bowl team. But the point that I'm making, Eli has like all kinds of New York Giant records, for God's sake, you know? I mean, he lived in the shadow of his brother quite a bit, but he's everything statistically that his brother was. Mm-hmm. Maybe more in some categories. I mean, the guy is, he's a legend in New York. Maybe the greatest quarterback to ever quarterback the Giants is Eli Manning, statistically. Have your opinions heard right now on the Daniel Baldwin Show. Of course, 288-0644 is that text line, and the phones are always open for ESPN. 44, this is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Saturday, the Orange are in Miami to face the Kansas Jayhawks. Coverage starts at 4 on TK99 and ESPN AM 1200. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Larry's favorite football play. Do you know what it is? Uh, no. It's a flea flicker. <laughs> the flea flicker. Definitely the flea flicker. If, you know, if you're watching Facebook Live, you see a lot of motions being made, but no sound here on the Daniel Baldwin Show. A lot of animation. A lot of animation. Lot of animation. No context. Ladies and gentlemen, the U.S. amateur football team, the Washington Square FC, is now sponsored by a porn site. Yeah. RedTube. RedTube <laughs> is sponsoring this team. That's favorite. That's Larry's favorite. So we're going to go over some slogans. Go it on. takes balls oh. to play for RedTube. Uh, he's moving to the button. Go it ahead. It takes balls to play for them. <laughs> what kind of message is this sending to the fans? I love it. Do you love it? I love it. Why Larry? do people act like there's no porn in the world? There's porn all over the place. My God. But just to there splash is? it on the jersey, go there is. Go for it. I know. I've been trying to. Come on. The, the, I'm the, the innocent one. I know, but I got the TV in the Robin. Room. It even says they even oh, have gosh. they it's even have sports. no no no. Listen, Let's, listen. It is a sport. They even have the four couples section now. Yeah, four, four couples. couples. Yeah, it's for not couples four, to, four. No, no, no. This is, no, yeah. like four, four couples. Eight You're people. confused with that many. 
That many bulges in one shot, oh. that's too much. <laughs> too much. No, it's, no, it's, it's, it's for couples. It's for couples so it's to for watch. couples to enjoy. Oh. Sensual. A story, oh. a story. Okay, I'm a little, I'm a little yeah. slow. Mm, Larry. Oh, okay. oh, Larry. Oh, my gosh. This, <laughs> sports, sports, sports. <laughs> okay, sports. Okay. okay, go ahead. Basketball, so, baseball. So, so now, now, this is a soccer team that they, they call football, obviously, mm-hmm. in Europe and around most of the world. We happen to call it soccer. Well, let's go over a couple of things. So, so it, you're saying it's not a negative. Message. I'm not offended by it. I'm fine with it. Okay, are handballs il- <laughs> is still illegal they in are. this game? Yes, they are. Is, uh, yes. They you, are. Can't, so you, you can't touch the ball no, with your hands. No right. hands. No. Nope. I just want to check on yeah. that. Just, we're just going sure through the rules. We're talking about. I am. We're going through the rules. It's really mm-hmm. hard to normalize after those little commercial breaks, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. really is. We scramble, don't yeah. we? Yeah, we scramble. I'm okay. afraid of what might happen if this show ever goes to two hours. I'm gonna I don't go know what's going to happen. I'm going to go on Facebook Live, Facebook Live the next commercial break that I'm here, and I'm going to let everybody know what really Please. goes yeah. on you here. Share. <laughs> you should show them what really happened. Share. It's so much fun. Can you imagine... He wouldn't have a job. Larry would no, not have a job. No, no, Larry. We, if we were Facebook Live, he'd been fired. Larry he is not shy. Should we review? Oh, Larry. Larry, Larry no. No, no, go on, go on, honey. Okay. Go back to your notes. So, the World Gravy Wrestling Championships Ooh. are taking place this weekend. Mm-hmm. The World Gravy, where men and women wrestle in meat juice. <laughs> and this takes place this week. Now, I, you know, I, I mean, this does sound very similar to our home, dude. Oh, it yeah. Does very nice. Swimming in meat juice. Mm-hmm. But but I want to know, what cuts of meat juice do you think that they're using in this? I have um, a little list. I have a small list. I'd, I'd say maybe uh, uh, pork or ribeye or something like that. I'm thinking loin of mm-hmm, beef, possibly sure. Larry. Uh, filthy mignon. <laughs> mm. Or, of course, the dreaded rump roast. Uh. Yeah. Now, I wasn't supposed to tell you this, Daniel, but uh, Filthy Mignon was Larry's stripper name back uh, in college. He danced in a review as Filthy Mignon. <laughs> did, did he dance? Ah, he was a dancer. Yeah, you got to pay your way through school. I mean, it's not I cheap. I can see that. Broadcasting school is not cheap, Daniel. And That's... you make more money doing this than back when you were Sirloin of Beef? <laughs> These are going to be great names for the for the food at your restaurant. <laughs> Filthy minya. <laughs> Look, his hands not on the button. His hands not even close to the button. Let's go. Filthy mignon. <laughs> Sirloin of beef. Sirloin of beef. Thank and you. Try the veal. Yeah. It was a Jack duo. It was two was of them. They would dance. It, it was, was him and his it friend, Sirloin of beef. It was. It was very. I like it. It was, We're it two was minutes out. very artistic and. So any, anything else to talk about about gravy wrestling? Should we bring this to Syracuse? Yeah, I'm down. Is there a market for gravy? Oh, ju- we love gravy meat juice wrestling. We, oh, pfft, you kidding me? You see the fatos in this town? They love it. They all love it. <laughs> we our, view, our viewership just dropped forty six percent in one no comment. Yeah, you'd love it. Robin Fry candy. Yeah, we got Larry dancing. I didn't say the listeners Shlongo were fatos. Congo, but that, we we all know there's a good, good amount of fatos bound around. <laughs> Wow, that's a strong move to the hole, my I'm friend. Sorry, I got to tell you right now. Sorry. Woo! I, I have, are we done? I have a quick uh, 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 thing with you. I was looking at your fifty-five and over cover. Yeah. And the article, and you don't even mention our show. It was done before I did the show. Oh, I thought you yeah. were just completely <sighs> big time, us. No, 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 I didn't oh. do that. No, no, I did the interview for that show. Let's see, I've been on here for a month. I probably did the interview for that like two and a half months ago. Fifty-five so I had, plus. I, I, I haven't even. I hadn't even met the great one yet. Oh, yeah. all right. Because you're coming. If you come out of a Wegmans right now, everyone's sending me the photo of the great Daniel Ball oh, on the really? cover of fifty-five plus. Yeah. Wow. I like that. You. It's, and... a, it's a, actually one of those. You know. Uh, um, 
way better looking pictures than you really are in real life. No, well, that's the skill. Honey. That's oh, yeah, the skill. It is, it is for sure. He it looks sure. very serious, very dapper. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did, There's I did, lovely I, photos I, of Robin in there, it. There are some lovely photos. At in home with Robin and the there kids. There are some photos they rejected. <laughs> <laughs> what a dream date with Robin. See, you can't bring her in again because look at Larry. He can't even focus. <laughs> he's been more fun he today than smitten. he's ever been. He is smitten with your wife. I wish you get a cut out of Robin. Oh, just put just it right here. here. Oh, he'll be the most active he's ever been. He will be. Like we it. are. We'll hand it over to Brent X, who uh, we we'll talk about this maybe tomorrow because we're out of time now. But Brent X, who we're trying to get onto our Daniel Baldwin softball team, that'll be a discussion for tomorrow's show. The battling bulges. The battling bulges as we uh, the Syracuse. The battle of the bulge. The battle That's of the, the bulge. The team is the Syracuse Some Areolas. So, the Areolas. Yeah, yes. the Sar- what about the Areolas? Yeah. We gotta go. All right. Sorry, Larry. What's uh, your Areola code? <laughs> <laughs> battle of the bulges. Three one five. All right. Uh, Brent Axe is up next. This has been the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio, Syracuse.